Excited? Mm-hmm. Really excited? Yeah. You're speaking to the microphone? Hello. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Yep. Here we go. One, two, three. Welcome to the Movie Score, a podcast where we discuss, rate, and debate films. I am your host, Benjamin Barber. I am joined by my sister and co-host, Mirabel. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. It's been a while since we've done this. It has. We've been juggling schedules. <laughs> we've each been doing a whole bunch of different things, but now we're back. We are. And we're excited. What have you been up to? Um, let's see. I have been up to... <laughs> I mean, last week it was kind of trying to get everything ready because I thought that I was going to be on jury duty. Oh, really? So I had to catch up on all my stuff. I had to pretend like this week I would be completely out of pocket. Oh, yeah. So I had to, you know, carry out all my responsibilities. You were spared. I was spared. And so I have now been spending the past few days actually writing new stories. Oh, really? Yeah. How's that going? Very nice. That's good. Very nice. I'm very pleased. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I watched John Wick 2. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I also watched Fantastic Beasts. I'm working on watching Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. It's not It's not going well. And you spent the whole of last week working, which yep. is why we weren't able to podcast. That's we normally true. would have. I'm going to say something about Fantastic Beasts real quick. Okay. Just a little top off my head okay. before we get into movies. It'll kind of help us get into movies. I can't get fully into this movie. Why not? So, okay, so... Is for, this the second one? This is the second okay. Fantastic Beasts. For those of you who don't know, Fantastic Beasts is like... It's not sequels, but it's movies... Prequels. Is it? Prequels. Okay, so it's it's of. it's movies after Harry Potter. After or before? I mean, well, the movies that were made after Harry Potter. Yeah. But they're set before right. in time. I don't know. Every time I go to watch it, I just think of Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and I can't get into it. <laughs> because it's just not the same, you know? It just doesn't feel the same, but... Yeah, I mean... Anyway, that's what I'm struggling with now. Okay. Well, but I do want to watch those. You should watch them. I'm halfway through the second one. And it's got Johnny Depp in it, so that makes it pretty amazing. I mean, I was going to say Jude Law, but okay. Oh, I saw Jude Law yesterday. I like Jude Law. But anyway, that's not the movie we will be reviewing. No. You want to tell them what we're reviewing? We're going to review The Prestige, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> which we talked about doing um, a few weeks ago Did we? in our last episode, I believe. Okay. Um, we said that we had this and also the Beauty and the Beast that we wanted to do. So we definitely have several different things lined up Yeah. Um, and more to come. So, mm-hmm. so do you want me to read the uh, synopsis? Yeah, read the synopsis. Okay. The Prestige is a 2006 science fiction psychological thriller film based on the 1995 novel of the same name by Christopher Priest. It follows Robert Angier and Alfred Borden, rival stage magicians in London at the end of the 19th century. Obsessed with creating the best stage illusion, they engage in competitive one-upmanship, sacrificing everything they have to outwit each other, but with fatal results. This wow. film was released on October 20th, 2006. It was directed by Christopher Nolan. Yay. The budget is 40 was 40 million and the box office was 109 million. Hmm. Not bad. No. This was Christopher Nolan's fifth film, 
Wasn't? There were like three that he did, and then he did Batman Begins, and then he did this one. Really? Yep. Huh. Yep. What was, this, do you know this what was between was? Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Do you know what his latest one was? Tenet, right? Was it Tenet? I think so, yeah. I don't know. I think Tenet is his most recent film. Yeah, huh. it is. Okay. You saw that. Yeah, I did see it, but it, that was still, that was kind of a while ago. Uh, it's not really. Time is warped right now, but Tenet was actually pretty recent. Okay, so this stars Christian Bale as Alfred Borden. Yes. Also starring Hugh Jackman as Robert Angier. Mm-hmm. And... Michael Caine as John Cutter. And you have Scarlett Johansson as Olivia... Winscombe? Winscombe? Winscombe. Is it Winscombe? The E is like... <laughs> well, then why is the B there? Winscombe. Okay. It's like comb. Comb. Oh, right. And Andy Serkis, who mm-hmm. we love. <laughs> as Mr. Alley. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, no! Yeah. There's like a really big name in here. Where? I don't see it. Wait, I don't see it. David Bowie? Who's David Bowie? <laughs> oh, gosh! <laughs> he, he plays Tesla, but I have no idea who he is. And all of the 60s, 70s, and 80s kids are writhing. Who is he? He was a very famous musician. Musician? Yes. Oh, well, then why is he an actor? Because he did a few things. I know he did this, and I know that he did um, that Labyrinth movie. Oh. Hmm. Um, which is like a cult favorite. I've never seen it, but it was kind of, it's like a fantasy kind of thing. Never have I heard of this movie. You know, look it up sometime. I will. It's kind of freaky looking, but, but apparently people love it. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, what, what a great cast. You have Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. It's already going to be really good. <laughs> I do. I think I like Hugh Jackman better than Christian Bale. What? No way. No, no, no. Although I think Christian Bale is probably the superior actor. Oh yeah. Why do you like? I why think. do you like Hugh Jackman better? Uh, he gives me a nice, warm, friendly feeling inside. Uh, yeah, he really gives you a friendly feeling. <laughs> Not in this, in this movie. movie, but. <laughs> so you have two magicians. Yeah. Who are in competition, and uh-huh. they sabotage each other's act, uh-huh. basically. Yeah. I'm not going to try to explain this movie like I've done for the past yeah. few Nolan movie films. Because I can't. I, I, I can't. It's it, Yeah, because if you explain too much, you will spoil the whole thing. And it's 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 so trippy, I couldn't explain it even if I wanted to. <laughs> it's Well, the way that you just said it is basically the way you sum up the plot in general. It's about these two magicians that are trying to outdo each other. Yeah. But there's also... There's a, a lot of twists, let's say. Well, and there's also a lot of revenge going on. It isn't just, well, yeah, they, I want to I wanna be better than this guy. It's also, oh, he did something horrible to me, and now I'm going to ruin his life, too. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that element to it. Um, do you want to do fun facts? Uh, yeah, let's do some fun okay, facts. Okay, I have many fun facts. Okay, go. Because I don't have a lot, so you can... Okay, so this movie is actually based on a novel. I did not know that. Oh, I knew that. Christian I... Bale wrote it. No, I mean, not Christian it. Bale. <laughs> Christopher Nolan wrote it. No, he did it. It was written yeah. by a guy named Christopher Priest. Really? I, no, yes. I thought he... I thought he... I read somewhere that... Christopher he... Nolan wrote the movie screenplay. Oh. But he didn't okay. write the novel. <laughs> no. Um, but the novel on which the film is based is epistolary. That means it's told through letters and diaries. And it centers around Angier and Borden's grandchildren. Angier's hmm. granddaughter, Katie, and Borden's grandson, Andrew. So they kind of find out the whole story of their grandparents through their the magician's diaries. 
Huh. Yeah. And there's this whole thing about apparently the little the the grandson Andrew is actually a prestige. Really? He's one of the clones or Huh. It it was very interesting. Yeah, weird. Um, okay. Um, Alfred Borden's infant was played by one of Christopher Nolan's children. Oh. Yeah. Okay. A little little child that came to see him in prison. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Nikola Tesla was a world-renowned inventor, physicist, and engineer. For a while, he really did conduct electrical experiments at his lab in Colorado Springs, where he was also known for his eccentric behavior. Hmm. So this movie kind of does a really neat job of pulling in actual history. Really? And then making it very fantastical. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I really don't have too many more. Oh, okay. So you okay. just keep going. The main character's initials spell A-B-R-A. Alfred, Borden, Robert, Angier. As in abracadabra, a common word used by magicians. Yeah, that's the, that's 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 a certain person's last line in this movie. Yeah. I thought that well, was really cool. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but when I saw that fun fact, I was like, abracadabra, abracadabra. <laughs> Dude. Abracadabra. Sorry, okay. I, had to, I just had to do that. Sorry, I've had it, it, my moments uh, in the sun. Okay, it's it sounds a lot like it. I would <laughs> say. Okay, when Alling, Andy Circus is introduced, he makes a reference to a magic trick in which one person guesses the item in a person's pocket. The mm-hmm. same trick fooled Circus's character Gollum in The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. <laughs> wait, wait, what? So Allie does a magic trick. He makes a reference to a magic trick in which one person guesses the item in a person's pocket. Oh, yeah, And then yeah. that's how Bilbo Creepy. gets Andy Serkis' character Gollum by saying, what have I got in my pocket? Weird. And then the other, only other thing that I have is six of this movie's stars played roles in several comic book movies. Christian Bale and Michael Caine appeared as Batman and Alfred in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Trilogy. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, Scarlett Johansson, of course, is Black Widow. Rebecca Hall, who plays Christian Bale's wife in this film, mm-hmm. is Maya Hansen in Iron Man 3. Yep. And Andy Serkis, oh, he was in The Adventures of Tintin. I didn't realize that was classified as a comic book movie, but I guess it is, yeah. As well as Ulysses Claw in Avengers Age of Ultron and Black Panther. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So, lots of superheroes in this yeah. movie. Okay, so let's dive into this film. Okay. I'll start. You want me to? Yeah, go ahead. I want to know how they edited this film. First of all, how they filmed it, and then how did they edit this? Because in this film, you go through a lot of... Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) What did you do? I just banged this little muffler thing. I'm sorry. Okay, control yourself, okay? I'm sorry. Okay. Now, back to my original point before Maribeth just tried to steal my moment. Okay, so yeah, in this movie, they go from a lot of future and then past and then present. That's true. The editors must have been pretty. Because yeah. Because you, you, you have to keep track of it. Wait, are, are you in the past? Are you in the present? Are you in the future? Reminded me of Dunkirk. Dunkirk was a lot like that, mm-hmm. but it was a lot harder to track than this one. Which is odd to me, because in Dunkirk it would tell you, but it was still hard. Well, everybody in Dunkirk looked the same. True. Every place in Dunkirk looked the same. (laughs) Just a bunch of white boys. Yeah. (laughs) Brits. But, anyway. So, yeah, it amazes me how they were able to, like, edit that and film it 
keep going back and forth and back and forth and still come up with a story that you could follow. Mm-hmm. It was trippy, but you could follow. Yeah. And I think that it helped that when there were time jumps like that, every um, setting that they were in was pretty distinct. True. So yeah. when Angie was in Colorado Springs, it that had a look. Yeah, it did. You know? And when... Well, well, again, he was younger. True. In some, in some scenes, he's older. And in some things he's really and younger. In some of those time jumps, he like had a limp. Yeah. Or Christian Bale was wearing mustache, mm-hmm. or you know. Yeah. There were there were good ways to delineate the different time periods. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is. Okay, your turn. So of course I kind of focus more on the story while you focus on the yeah techniques I got some stuff about the, the story too. Um, but of course the one thing that is most obvious in this movie is the theme of Angier and Borden's rivalry, mm-hmm. um, which becomes such an obsession that it destroys their entire lives. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like it it destroyed Angier's life faster, probably because he was the one who suffered the first really tragic thing. And he, I mean, he did suffer the most. If yeah. you stop to think about it, he did really not not really in the end. Well, kind of in the end, <laughs> they both suffered a lot, but I would say Angier suffered the most heartache. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what made him even more crazier and more wanting revenge. But I feel like if Angier had had the proper response, the whole movie would have never happened. Like it, the movie could have ended at a certain point if he had had a good a, a better viewpoint of what had happened explain okay so it's it's very hard to explain i know because we don't want to spoil anything but and it's very hard not to explain the movie without telling you everything that happens and that's kind of different than inception because true inception yeah. you could really talk about the technique of what they did and yeah. that's if you say too much of it. but i wonder i mean if, if when did this movie come out in 2006 i think we can talk about it okay spoilers well okay so at the beginning of the film angier's wife dies as the result of a tragic accident that involved borden yes because borden she was she was the girl in the magic trick and she was supposed to be dropped into this tank of water with knots around her hands. She was supposed to be able to get out of the knot. Okay. So Borden was the one who tied the knot and they had been discussing what kind of knot they were going to use and everything. And some people were worried that he'd do something that was too tight. And yeah. she and Borden were like, oh, no, it's fine. We can do this. Well, she wasn't able to get out of the knot. And mm-hmm. so she drowned. Angier then blames Borden for the whole movie for that. Which they never really proved which knot he tied. Right. So he doesn't actually know if he did kill her. Yeah. And because there's really nobody in this movie that is honorable, you don't know if he's lying or not. Yeah. He could be lying. And that's that's another part of this movie that I have written down is that everybody is lying Alfred Alfred Borden says, my life is a secret. Mm-hmm. They can never, a, ma- a magician, at least back then, I don't know about now, can never tell the truth. He <laughs> I already, imagine it hasn't changed. He, I mean, why would he it? He always had to be, well, I mean, I don't know if it's such a secret anymore. You can probably go on YouTube and find out how well, to do all that stuff. Well, that's true. I don't know if magicians are that. People's livelihoods probably aren't as yeah, likely to yeah. be tied up in it. Uh, maybe not. But I don't yeah, know. their whole life was a secret. 
they they were always lying, mm-hmm. and they could never tell the truth. Not even until their own family members. Mm-hmm. Like Alfred's wife was so frustrated with him because he could never be completely honest with her. And she knew he was hiding yeah. something. Because that's how he, he survived. That's all he knew. That's mm-hmm. how they made money mm-hmm. was by these tricks. And if somebody found out how to do them, they were worthless. And now at this point, because Angier has lost his wife, he doesn't have anything to live for except for his magic. Yeah. And he, so, so that's that's what's driving him to be the better magician. Right. It is a movie. All he has to it live is for. a movie about obsession. Yeah. And how poisonous mm-hmm. it can be, which you know is an important lesson. The other thing that I had on here is the rivalry between Angie and Borden mirrors the rivalry between Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla, which yeah. that is kind of woven into forth. the movie. You get some references mm-hmm. to that, which is very interesting, especially if. Uh, <laughs> You're someone who kind of grew up on stories. Thomas Edison was such a great person. And then you get older and you start reading. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, not quite. He was kind of a mm-hmm. thief. So what did you say about this movie is about obsession? Mm-hmm. Michael Caine's character, Cutter, mm-hmm. says to Robert Andrew, he says, obsession is a young man's game. Mm-hmm. Warning him about it. Mm-hmm. And Robert does not heed his warning, which eventually, spoilers, leads to his death. Mm-hmm. This obsession. Mm-hmm. So he did, I thought that was a good line. Mm-hmm. Obsession is a young man's death. I mean, not yeah, a, a young man's game. And by the time that the movie ends, neither Angier nor Borden are young men anymore, really. No. <laughs> and they've both suffered right. a tremendous amount. Right. Um, as, as I was doing some research on this, I thought this was interesting that some people consider this movie about class warfare because Angier is a showy showman, glitzy and charismatic and, you know, obviously more rich than, than Borden, who is a working class man who doesn't have any charisma. Yeah. (laughs) So that was kind of, that was kind of interesting, which I guess you could pull in with Edison and Tesla as well. I think Tesla was an immigrant, wasn't he? He wasn't even American. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's that's interesting. But really, this is a dark film. There's nobody to root for. Um, I mean, except yeah. maybe Cutter, who's well, Michael Caine's character, who he, you at least liked. Like he felt like he cared about people. True. Yeah, maybe him. He definitely cared about the two magicians even even borden i mean he was he didn't work for borden but yeah. he seemed to really care about him and he definitely cared about the little girl borden's daughter um okay but okay so new point listen to this okay. both of these men wanted happiness mm-hmm. that's that's basically yeah magic they do want to be the better magician but they're also both striving for happiness so that scene when Robert sees Alfred with his wife and daughter. When Robert sees Alfred, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he saw him having a life. Mm-hmm. And he was jealous because that was the life he should have had. Mm-hmm. He said he something about how he had the happiness he should have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, envy and discontentment. Yeah. So they're both striving for happiness. Mm-hmm. To, but to the point that it's so unhealthy mm-hmm. that it just leads to death. Yeah. They both, well, not both. One of them dies because he wants right. so hard to be happy. Mm-hmm. Which kind of goes back to what I was saying about if if Angier had accepted his wife's death in a healthy way, there wouldn't be a movie. True, but I mean, <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, I mean, his it, wife died. How could you accept that? 
Well, you could, but that's not really what humans do very well. True, but not all humans then turn it into this vengeful... True, but... Um, obsession. They're magicians. Yeah. Okay, anything else you want to talk about? No, that's about it. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a neat film. Yes, it's, it is. It's a aesthetically pleasing film. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me in some ways of The Greatest Showman in the aesthetic. And not just because True. of Hugh Jackman. Um, and it was kind of funny to see Hugh Jackman playing a showman. Yeah. <laughs> there were several scenes that was like, oh, yeah, P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Um, Here's one more line okay. I'll give. Uh, truth is a slippery notion in our line of work. Mm-hmm. Which is just kind of goes back to what I was saying about secrecy mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I mean, you could you could never tell the truth. You, something would always have to be secret. So would you rather be a, a rich magician who uh, basically embraced dishonesty as a living, or would you rather be a poor, honest man? Oh, uh, I would totally say be a musician because <laughs> I want the money. But no, it's just I don't know. I thought that was interesting. One more point I have to make. Okay. Um, what you do? Well, this this is I'm just making more points to make my point. That's fine. <laughs> what you do for your act. The sacrifice that goes on in your act. Mm-hmm. You have to live the act. Okay. And that's why, remember the old man with the fishbowl? Mm-hmm. Who pretended he was a cripple all of his life for mm-hmm. his act? Mm-hmm. Because that was part of the trick. Mm-hmm. Robert, Andrew, mm-hmm. never really could get behind that like Alfred could. Like Borden that's could. true. He could never really get behind all the sacrifice and living your act. And that's kind of why one ends up dead and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's because one ha- ha- would, would get his hands dirty for his act, to make the sacrifice, and actually live his act, and one couldn't do that. But Even, one could, could, could say that, that Angier did get his hands dirty. Oh, Angier did get his hands dirty. But so did Borden. So did Borden, but he could never get behind living your act. Angier can never. Angier did. Not like not like Christian Bale did. Right. You thought he did, mm-hmm. but towards the end of the movie, the big reveal. The big twist. The, the big prestige. Mm-hmm. It turns out Borden could and Angier couldn't, which makes Borden the better magician. True. Than Angier is. But, so did, I, but so did he sacrifice more? Who did? Borden. Yeah, Borden. Did he lost more? Don't you think? Mm. At the beginning of the podcast, we said Angier did, but now I think Borden did, actually. You think Borden lost more than Angier did? Yeah. He made the bigger sacrifices. And that's how he won. That's at what, what that's, cost? That's what made him the better magician. <gasps> at what well, cost? Well, he, he did have a daughter. Yeah. That's more motivation. Right. Than Borden, than Angier can claim. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean... Spoilers, but he's basically responsible for his wife's death. Okay, even more spoilers. His wife and Angier's. I really, I feel like I could explain it more if we talk more about the trick. <laughs> okay, so people, if you if you don't want to hear the spoiler, then just kind of. But skip who hasn't forward. heard the spoiler? It came out in two thousand six. If you have it, if you don't know. Well, we had never seen it before now. True, but anyway. Stop listening now if you don't want spoilers. Alfred Borden. Has a twin brother. Yes. Who looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. And in this trick, 
called The Transported Man. Mm-hmm. This really big trick that made both of these men famous is... Oh, man. There's so much I got to explain now. I didn't want to go into this. It's way more complicated than it Inception. Is way more. Y'all thought Inception anyway, was complicated. Yes. There's twin brothers, and this transported man it look, makes it look like he can get from one place, turn invisible, and then go to another place, mm-hmm. which Borden was doing that because he had a twin brother. Mm-hmm. Who looked exactly yeah. like him. Hugh Dragman did it later on in the movie by Tesla making him a machine that would actually duplicate himself. Mm-hmm. So, that being said... Christian Bale's character, Borden, I think suffered the most because in the end, his twin brother died. Mm-hmm. Because they were both Alfred Borden. Right. But they weren't really. Right. So, one of those, his brother, one of, his brother did die. Mm-hmm. And he lost his wife, mm-hmm. who killed herself. Right. When she found that out. Because did she, she find live. out that there were twins? I, I think he did tell her. And then, because... These two twins were going back and forth as her husband all the time. Right. She, and she couldn't live like that. Right. So That's kind of weird. Herself. Because she called Scarlett Johansson, Olivia's character, that morning before she killed herself, says, I have something to tell you about Alfred. <gasps> That's true. She did. And Olivia never showed up, and that's when she killed herself. Right. She knew I know if this if this sounds messed up and trippy, that's because it, it yeah, is. it is. You need it if you haven't seen it. You need to go watch it. But if you have seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, so people are skipping around trying to find out where they're not supposed to listen to. You can listen now. We won't talk about that yeah. spoiler anymore. Yeah. We won't. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I feel like I got. I'm sweating now because it is. <laughs> it's it, very stressful. It's, it's crazy how they can make a movie like this yeah. and do it well. I will say I don't. This is my least favorite Nolan film. Well, but I won't no, get into that no, no, more no, 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 until no. I get to the ratings. It's, it's, it's a really good film. We need but to score anyway. the score. Uh, wait. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's score the score. You know who did this music? The composer is <clears throat> named David Julian. It is. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about the, the podcast, I was like, I don't even remember the score. So I pulled up our, my new handy-dandy Spotify account and yeah. listened to some of the soundtrack and I don't like it at all. You don't? It's very dark. There are a few yeah, pretty But again, tracks. it adds to the story. True, except it's one of those soundtracks that's very forgettable. There's true, one true. pretty track. It's called Bored and Meet Sarah. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Um, but as I, was, it, as I was reading about the soundtrack, I read that some critics were disappointed with it, acknowledging that while it worked within the context of the film... Yeah. It was not enjoyable by itself, and I would definitely agree with that. Uh, one critic described the score as merely functional, and another one said it's constructed on a bed of simplistic string chords and dull electronic soundscapes. And here's what I think. I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me when I say this. I don't think any soundtrack music is good without the movie. I just never could get behind soundtrack music I would unless there was a movie strongly there. disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, you're totally different. <laughs> But I I'm just never listen junkie. to instrumental stuff and be entertained. Somebody uh, has to be singing. I mean, in the movie, it's really good. Yeah. Like, when, if there's a movie to go with it, I really do like it. This soundtrack was not at all like the soundtrack of Inception or the Dark Knight films yeah. or Interstellar. Yeah. Which were True. all very notable scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one just doesn't. It's not notable at all. Yeah. I'm giving it a three, maybe even a two. I mean, okay. I I think I'm gonna give it a two because it just 
it's not enjoyable for me to listen to. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. But anyway. Okay, so now let's score this whole movie. Okay. Yeah, you want to go first? I'll go first. If you you go first. Whatever you want to do. You go first. <clears throat> um, I'm going to give this movie, well, for creativity, a, a 10. It's, it's amazing for creative. Just creativity alone and filming it and story-wise. Mm-hmm. I think the story's amazing. It's, it's a 10. But because it is darker film, and I don't know if I would watch it all the time and be entertained every single time, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it... Mm, Seven point five. Okay. Maybe maybe an eight. Okay. Seven point eight. I'll say it is a really enjoyable movie, but I don't know if I would go back to it all the time. It's just like one of those amazing movies I have to see all the time. Mm-hmm. Because though it is really good, it's it's just not one of those movies. It is a darker film, mm-hmm. but still really cool. Okay, your turn. I'm gonna give this movie a three. What? No way. And I'm going to give it a three because although I would definitely agree that it's very creative, I do not think it's Nolan's finest at all. I can see the seeds of his great works coming in this film. This is definitely better than Interstellar. I don't think so. And here's Uh, why. Okay. Here's why. You got two minutes. (laughs) Nolan, his films, you always have someone to root for. Even in Interstellar, there were stakes. You cared about the main character. You cared about his daughter. You wanted them to get back together. I didn't... There was nobody in this film that I cared about, really, except for the little girl and maybe Cutter. The other thing is that it is very dark. The other thing is that... um, What was my train of thought? It was dark. There was nobody to root for. I didn't feel, I felt like there were too many things packed into it. There was the whole thing with Tesla. There was the whole thing with but the rivalry. There was the whole thing with so the women. Perfectly. Yeah, but it wasn't, I was like, oh, okay, there's a twin brother. whoop de doo But if you think about it, so Tesla and Edison had the rival. Yeah. Um, and then it was Borden very... and Andrew had the rivalry. Mm-hmm. And then the two girls had the rivalry. Yeah, yeah. It all did come together. It did come together. I would probably never watch this one again. What? No. You need to watch it. Now that I know, now that I know the mag- the prestige. Now that I know the magic trick. That's not true. I watched this movie last night, and it still makes me I don't, think. I don't know. I just I didn't find it very enjoyable. So you're gonna give it a three? I am. I would definitely. I, I'll be generous and say on creativity points, I'd give it an eight or a nine. I don't think it's as creative as his later work. See, I, w- I would much rather watch this movie than Interstellar. Well, Interstellar that's fine. was kind of boring, but I think Interstellar is better than this one. So you give it a three, and I give it an eight. Yeah, quite quite a difference. <laughs> but I was not expecting that. But anyway, you should definitely go watch this if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, go watch it again. <laughs> but anyway, and I mean that's not to that's not to say it didn't have its good points. I just I I would never watch it again, I don't think. Really? No. Okay, here's one more thing. We're really behind. Oh, dear. And we do that. But one more thing. I don't think Andrew's dead. What? I don't think he's dead. What? What? Yeah. What? Okay, that's more of a bombshell than anything let, we've said. Let, let, let's just talk about it. And for people who have seen the movie, they might agree with me. Number one, my number one reason for it, they have this machine that can duplicate a, a person. 
Yeah. What makes you think he didn't duplicate himself again? Okay, so that's a plot point in the novel, apparently, because Borden's grandson, he finds out that he is actually a duplicate of the actual grandson. Yeah. Okay, so I think, I just think that there's, Ethics that there's a strong possibility that he could still be alive. Reason number two. The last shot of the film, so you know, you see all those tanks with the bodies in it. Right, the is, bodies of the clones. Yeah. And he walks off, and they show one clone, mm-hmm. the last one you see, and a bubble rises out of the water. Oh. It's, it's not a big bubble. It's a small bubble, but it's still a bubble that you can see. Yeah. Like, breathing. Oh. And I was just like, what? Mm. Like, that was a hint that he might, yeah, might that, be dead. That kind of, which that kind of reminds me of the spinning totem, the top in Inception. Mm-hmm. It, it's that one last shot yeah. that just makes you go, oh. <gasps> Oh my, so, what if? I wouldn't rule out the fact that he's still alive. Okay. Yeah. I had never considered that. Now I'm going to be wondering. I would. But anyway, <laughs> there's our episode. I know it's been a while, but who will I, Cowboy? You want a movie line before we close out? I do. What was our last movie line? The movie line was the line, um, uh, it was the line from, I'll give you, it, it was from Black Panther. Killmonger said oh, it. Oh, yes. About, because my ancestors knew that captivity would be, I mean, they, they killed themselves because they knew it would be better than captivity. Mm-hmm. Which is a great line. It is a, it is a beautiful line. line. We got three answers to that. Wow. We have, of course, John Hand. Yes. Who can never be beaten. I will get him. <laughs> I have actually stumped <laughs> him a few times. He is the movie line expert. Um, and number two, Forrest Powell. Okay. Congratulations, Forrest Powell, for getting right. And uh, Gwena Germa. Okay. She uh, correctly answered the film. So congratulations to all of you people who got it. There you're, you go. You brilliant. were mentioned. You are very brilliant. What? Can you answer this movie line? Okay. Huh. Can you do it? First three people who answer the movie line will be mentioned on the movie score. You ready? Mm-hmm. Like, if you get this, you'll probably get it. I doubt it. <clears throat> you never know. Oh, by, by the way, send your answers to score 20 at gmail.com or message us on Anchor. Winds in the East, mist coming in. Guarantee you don't know that one. Guarantee East wind it. is blowing, Sherlock. That's not it. I know. It's got nothing to do with Sherlock. <laughs> but those lines kind of go together. <laughs> but he could play a good Sherlock. He could. <laughs> but anyway... Like I said, for three people who answered it, will be mentioned on the movie score. All right. Is that it? I think that's it. We're at 34 minutes. That's not terrible. Well, that's not bad. That's not nearly as bad as the last one I did. Last time we got into the 40s. Yeah. But anyway. It's good to be back. Yeah. Hopefully there's anything else we need to talk about. I guess I'll see you later. We'll try and do something not quite so dark next time. <laughs> Let's do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, you're on a Keanu Reeves kick, aren't I you? I am, because I watched John with you. Okay. As long as the background music is playing, let's talk about this. <laughs> John Wick is sick, dude. He is amazing. Wick is sick. John, okay, so I've seen the... the wow. <laughs> Wick is sick. Okay, I've seen the first one and the second one. I need to see the third one and need to see the fourth one. I, I don't know if it's come out yet. Has it? I don't, uh, I don't know. If you want to watch something cool, watch John Wick. It's just amazing. You would really like it. You need to watch it. What you've shown me is so violent. It's not violent. It's just guns. My innocent eyes. <laughs> Your eyes are heartily innocent. You watch Star Wars, which is in a... 
Wow. A, a, a terrible thing for the ice world. Just kidding. That's a low blow. Yeah, it is. But no, I'm just kidding. Okay, anyway, let's get out of here. Okay. See ya. Bye. 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 Don't laugh. You have to have the last word. Yeah, bye. <laughs>